0: ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. Good day. This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus, the show that gives you the best of reliable information on ADHD and dispels some of the myth information out there. Today, my guest is Brian Friedlander. He is an associate professor of education at the College of St. Elizabeth in Morristown, New Jersey. He coordinates graduate, graduate programs in special education and teaches graduate courses in assistive technology. He's also the co-author of a book, Engaging the Resistant Child Through Computers, and maintains an active blog at assistivetechblogspot.com. Dr. Friedlander, welcome to the program.
1: Uh, thanks, thanks so much, Dr. Pomeroy. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So um, we were talking before the recording about how uh, how can people figure out what are reasonable goals to set for using assistive technology. And there are certainly a wide range of things out there in terms of tutoring and Learning uh, strategies. So, what are some, some goals that parents or teachers could could set?
1: I think, you know, when you kind of think about, um, you know, a student in, in the classroom, there's certainly a couple, a couple of things, you know, certainly, you know, come to my mind is, you know, giving a student the, the capability of, you know, read, you know, access to text or reading text is certainly one of the main goals. Mm-hmm. Another big goal is certainly. You know how? You know the question is how can I have my child write more? You know, uh, uh, effectively, or how can I support them if they're poor spellers? And especially is true for students that may be diagnosed with dyslexia. School the school day can be a very frustrating one when you consider the amount of reading and writing. um, Yeah. Asked to do, and also just the physical aspect of writing for a lot of students uh, is very, very problematic. So getting ideas from their head to paper can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I hear I hear that a lot. You know, the, you know, I hear that parents say, "My son or my daughter has great ideas, but they can't get it from yep. their head to the to the paper," and so. There's a lot of tools that we can, you know, now use that are, you know, integrated into, you know, platforms like, you know, Google Docs or even Microsoft Office 365 that can make the learning experience um, so much more pleasurable, you know, for students Mm -hmm. that have learning challenges. So I always like to look at what's available on the computer to begin with without necessarily having to buying anything else. I
0: mean, if –
1: you know, if your if your school's a Google school, then let's look at the voice typing that's built into Google Docs for you know speech dictation or speech recognition. It's very accurate. Um, it works well, and there's no training, which is you know really an exciting part of the technology because uh, because Google's been doing all this artificial intelligence and machine learning. It mm-hmm. it, it, it understands and contextualizes words, um, and the same thing is true for Microsoft. They've um, they've invested tremendous amount of of time and money in bringing their Office 365 suite um, to the point where it also has speech dictation, which is very, very good. And they also have learning tools with the immersive reader to read text. So there's a lot of really powerful tools built into these platforms without even having really to spend a a, a dime on anything else.
0: Yeah, the kids who have the problem writing, for instance, in one... uh, child I saw I said, well, the CPU was working well, and he pointed to his head, and right. the communication the printer stops about here, and he pointed to his elbow, um, that's great, yeah, that's and great which an I answer. thought really was, is, yeah, yeah good yeah, yeah, explanation. Yeah, it is. So um, those kids, they have the ideas, they can oftentimes express them very well when they're talking, right. Right. so that's where they could uh, use right. the it, it, dictation it is, ones. You know,
1: yeah, not to, you know, and the other thing, too, to to think about is that, you know, writing with your voice is different, and so some kids, um, you know, find it a little bit of a, you know, challenge. Some kids are naturals at it, um, but other kids need to really be, to work with the teachers and need to be trained on how, how, to, how to use that process, because it's a different, a little bit different process.
0: Yeah. Can um, parents do that in terms of, I guess, what would be the learning curve for a parent so that parent could help the child with it at yeah, home. I think
1: uh, I, what I'd like to tell teachers is when they're working with kids and starting out with dictation for those students that might find a little awkward is to work on kind of closed-end questions. So, for example, if the student has a, an assignment in a Google Doc and the, the question is, who was the president of the United States? It's easier to use dictation to say the president of the United States was George Washington as opposed to doing something more creative, um, you know, writing a paragraph start out with. So I, I kind of like to start out with kind of finite units that are very uh-huh. concrete so the student gets some success and go, oh, I can do, you know, I can do that. Yes. You know, yeah. And get some practice. Um, so, but yeah, I, I want, you know, I want parents and teachers to understand that the writing process is a little bit, can be challenging for some kids using their voice. For other students that need some writing Support in addition to speech dictation. One of the other tools that we use is word prediction, and for some students that maybe um, have some more language processing challenges, maybe slower processors, mm-hmm. word prediction can be a tremendous tool so for them.
0: Word prediction. Yes. You're saying so okay.
1: It, yeah. So it would be it would be similar to what you know you might find on your smartphone today. Sure. But um, programs like, you know, like Co-Writer, um, which is from a company called Don Johnston, um, it, they've been doing this for 25 years, and, and they really have tremendous algorithms that really take into account um, the, the way, you know, students with dyslexia and spelling challenges tend to write words. So it picks mm-hmm.
0: up it to spell
1: phonetically, it does a fantastic job, and a tool like CoWriter also allows teachers and students to load topic dictionaries into
0: the uh-huh.
1: so that if you're writing about, you know, evolution, you could load all those words related to evolution, so that when you type P-A-L, it may put paleontology in, you know.
0: Uh-huh. So, so it really,
1: it- yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it's it using, you know, it looks like artificial intelligence, um to
0: but help yeah, bring those words up to the top. Sure, suggesting which which ones Correct. may be uh helpful or what to what to use right. next and I think that that certainly smartphones and text do that so uh
1: right and pretty it, much everybody's it, used to it. Yep and I think you know um you know because you know the kids today are using smartphones it's not as foreign a concept it's a little bit a little bit more digestible 20 years ago, it was hard to um, get
0: students to use the it was, Sure. It was,
1: you know, it was like, it would, that looked like, that was really specialized. You know, now today, it's kind of common. Like, everything, you know, kind of predicts or anticipates
0: what right. you are Right. So tries to applied, guess what you're you know. thinking. Yep, exactly. How about, how about for math? What are, are good tools for math?
1: So, from you know, I would have to say most of the companies have uh, focused more on literacy tools, but in the Mm -hmm. math area, um, some of the tools. So, on the iPad, I still think it's probably one of the best. There's one called MathPad 2.0, and it was actually developed by a parent who had a child that was um, dysgraphic, and they couldn't find anything else. They tried you know the graph paper and the line paper, Uh things of that sort, and it wasn't working. So, MathPad um, basically it would allow a student to um, basically do math probably through middle school um, as if they had paper and pencil so it actually puts the numbers into cells and then oh,
0: students uh-huh.
1: actually show their work as if they had paper and pencil. It doesn't tell them if they're right or wrong but it, it allows them to you know complete
0: get, the... Get it down there, uh, yeah. Get
1: it down there. Um, and then on the Google platform um, in Google Docs, there's a new, relatively new app called Aquasio, um, and Aquasio allows students to type mathematical equations um, as well as use their voice to uh, input them, and then it solves them. It, you know, the student solves them. Um, it places them into Google Docs once they're done. It's very, um, it's a really interesting, very interesting uh, application. Yeah, it's relatively new. And the, the the exciting part is that the uh, the company TextHelp that publishes that piece of that app um, gives subscription to teachers for free, so that they can become wow. comfortable with it. The students do pay. Uh, it's a su- subscription model, but um, it does give the apps to teachers for free, uh, which is exciting. So it lets them you know gain um, some understanding of how it works. Right. How, if, then. They can spend time with the student and teach them how to, you know, how to Mm -hmm. do that.
0: Just a a question that uh, comes up out of uh, one student I saw who is now an aeronautical engineer, Uh Um, but her one accommodation all the way through um, her college was Mm -hmm. that she could have a calculator. Because right. she could do linear analysis great, but 9 times 17 took a long time. So, does that equation include a calculator function?
1: No, it, it, it doesn't. Um, but, you know, again, the whole, the whole idea is. Of course, is
0: you have to. to, you, to
1: you know, yeah, you
0: can have your own calculator. Also,
1: I mean, yeah, there's also another program, Desmos, which is basically a scientific. Calculator and graphing calculator that's available um, for the iPad and on Windows and Mac, and mm-hmm. that would, you know, and again for a student that had difficulty, you know, drawing a curve on a graph. I mean, this, you know, they can plug it in and uh, have it done. I think some of the exciting applications. I mean, uh, again, maybe hopefully, maybe used more for review is something like PhotoMath on an iPhone, and what that can do is. A student, a student could literally take a written hand, you know, written problem on a piece of paper, uh, take a, a, a photo of it. It scans it, and then it will show you the steps um, on how to, you know, how and the answer. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. Um, but uh, and also you can, uh, you know, again you could then, you know, hopefully the student does it and then you know can check their work with it. But it will solve the problem for the student. Mm-hmm. As well, and they they can also point, you know, the you know the camera on the phone to a problem in a textbook, and it will do the same thing and
0: solve it. How about um, programs? I'm thinking more in terms of the um, early elementary years, just um, oh, early adding I mean, you know, adding yeah, three I mean, figure so past, yeah, subtraction um, past, things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, MathPad is fine for that. And actually, you know, again, it will allow students to show regrouping. I, for young kids, too, I, I like to use um, virtual manipulatives, uh, especially on a tablet um, so mm-hmm. that they can actually, you know, they can count, they can move, they can group, and actually, you know, visually see it, touch it. Uh, and a lot of these, um, you know, virtual manipulative apps also have tools, you know, that they can, you know, draw, you know, and, you know group things and draw on it.
0: Um, mm-hmm which is which
1: is really um you know really you know fantastic yeah yeah, yeah the other the other thing too is let me just I'm going to grab this here just want to make sure one of one of the tools that is kind of fascinating it's called um it's called math line and these this is not i mean it's kind of low tech but it basically is almost like an abacus with um basically disks but it it takes the conceptual, makes it concrete. So, mm-hmm. for example, it's basically um, an abacus with a line, and the students would see numbers on this. And, um, for example, when they add four plus, the four, the, the individual disks are white, and every the, every fifth disk is, is blue.
0: And uh-huh. when they move the
1: four and the one, they'll see it's five. So, for kids that really need a concrete representation things like that can be really yeah um, definitely really helpful and what's nice is it keeps everything very organized i've seen you now, I've seen kids use counters, and then, you know, because of their visual issues, you know, uh, you know one, of the, one of the counters went outside their field of vision, and then they report the, you know, the wrong number down when they have to record mm-hmm. it on the page. This is very, this is in front of them, it's very concrete, and when they look at it, they can see, and this way things are not falling off the desk, they can really concentrate on solving the problem. Mm -hmm. Things like that could be really helpful. And it it was kind of interesting because I was having a conversation with one of my graduate students, and he was a math teacher, and we were both, you know, saying that, you know, that for a number of students, you know, who said they were, I'll say, bad in math, you know, a lot of them have, you know, dyscalculia. And um, it really gets under, and I'm sure you see it, too, in your practice. It's really, you know, it's an unrepresented diagnosis, but a lot of students do, in fact, have it. Yeah.
0: Yes, um, one thing that uh, I wonder about, a question comes up, um, since teachers can use many of these things in the classroom, right. parents are the ones that are um, either getting the tablet or helping them, kids at home, how to get teachers and parents on the same page or using the same apps, or is it kind of the teacher finds out about something, tells the parents, or vice-versa, And they just kind of work it out as they go along.
1: I mean, um, I'll I'll tell you the best best case scenario, of course, is it's written into the student's IEP. And then someone like myself comes in and, you know, does some training with the teacher, the student, and the the parent, and sometimes the paraprofessional. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that model works. Really well, so that you know the student can be reinforced both in the classroom and um, certainly at yeah, at home. I can't say it happens all the time, and then also regular regular follow up, you know, is really is really important. So some for some of the you know some of the schools I work with. Um, I'll set up um, a consulting schedule where I'll come in beginning of the year, do the training for all the teachers um, and the parents and the para, and then I'll follow up in three weeks and come back in and just try to problem solve how are things going. Sure. Like. And, and, you know, I might do that September and October, and then I'm not in there again till the end of December, you know, unless there's a, you know, yeah. an
0: issue. Yeah. You
1: know, but, I mean, for some of the technology that – maybe uh, maybe different um, let's say more di- different than what the other kids are using if it's more specialized it requires that level of consultation mm-hmm. and uh, then what's happening is that especially with Google platform or, you know, iPad platform or Microsoft platform, you know, what happens is schools start to adopt a certain, a certain tool set. And once uh-huh. they do that, it makes the transition so much easier because from year to year, they add features, but, you know, they know how to maneuver around a Google Doc and, and know the accessibility tools that are built,
0: um, mm-hmm. built
1: in. Um, and and one of the companies, TextHelp, has i a, um, a, I'll say an application, but it's more like a toolbar, and it's called Read and Write um, for Google Chrome. And what it is, it's basically a toolbar that drops from Google Docs and is also available when you're on the on the web. And it includes tools like word prediction, text to speech, um, study skills um, uh, tools, and, and mask, wow. visual asking tools. So I mean, once teachers. Are used to using it, you know, that they use it last year, they can use it this year. And mm-hmm. the, exci- the exciting part about this technology is that, you know, years ago when you bought an app and it got updated, you had physically had to take a CD and get the yes. people Yes. Reinstall. Now you open up the app, and then, you know, if they add features, you get a little notification. We just added document yeah. comparison, you know, and it. And no one had to in- really install anything. And so that was always the bottleneck. You know, there could have been some great features in a new, you know, in, in, in a new version, but IT was not going to stop what they were doing to edit, you know. But now
0: right. it's immediate.
1: It's... So it's, it changes it changes everything. And, and the other part is, the big change, too, is, you know, the student doesn't have to use the same computer all the time. They go home, they log in with yeah, their credentials, exactly. and everything, all the it... tools come to them, you know, right. uh, Years years ago, you know, IT used to, you know, we used to give uh, laptops or go install applications. Yep. On and
0: you had to install them all. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I remember so, uh, my daughter yep. put that in sixth grade and yep. all kinds of get the right disk and so how does once um, students using a particular tool, right? How does the parent know whether it's helping in terms of Really learning the information as opposed to they're playing on the computer and it may appear that the computer's doing it and the child isn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, like, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, setting, you know, certainly setting um, some goals and also doing probes during the school year is, I mean, just some example say we're going to use speech dictation as an example. Mm-hmm. We can say okay in september the baseline is i asked you know your your daughter to you know write a paragraph and i got five words then we introduced beast dictation and now i'm getting 25 you know 25 words so i think you could do it you know you can chart progress that way and i think uh-huh. you know observation and also through teacher you know teacher parent um you know kind of uh, meetings could be helpful but I think parents you know hopefully you know the child should be using some of those same tools for ho- doing homework especially if the school is using something like Google classroom or Microsoft teams the parents should be able to get feedback um, you know f- in terms of how the student is doing but I think hopefully they would see not only changes in their learning but also changes in their um, their attitude and um, you know even in, yeah. in terms of emotionality you know it's like are they getting their work their homework done in you know timely basis to, you know yeah they're less frustrated yeah yeah they less frustrated so I think I think parents will see some behavioral they should see some behavioral changes too as the students become more efficient in using mm-hmm. these tools but I think parents need to understand that these are just you know and I often have to explain these are not instructional tools these are efficiency tools and so mm-hmm. you know students still going to need an instruction on how to write a better paragraph or how to you know read with better comprehension but it's going to allow them to be more efficient at performing these these tasks um, and, and that's the important thing uh, to you know
0: to yeah keep... certainly uh, and i know you've seen it and i have where the children are acting out they're having tantrums they're having behavior issues disrupting class, whatever, when the bottom line is they're anxious about having to do this same thing again that they couldn't do well before, they don't want to be laughed at by kids or hopefully not called out by the teacher in front of the class or their parents getting after them. Um, So that would be one measure, yeah, he's getting down to his work, he's doing it and not so so frustrated and uh, acting out so much.
1: Yeah, especially for the, I mean, you know, I work with a lot of learning disabilities and certainly dysgraphia, and if we can take the writing component out, if they have the computer for keyboarding, speech dictation, I have a, I mean, one of the strategies that has worked really well for me, especially for kids that have any kind of motor or fine motor disabilities, is, is the ability to, you know, again, not that teachers should be doing all worksheets, but it's a fact of life, schools in schools, you're still going to yeah. do worksheets. So two things. One is, you know, how how can we scan the worksheet and let the student um, type on top of the worksheet in a digital environment Um, so we can do that, you know, create a PDF of that and then use tools that the student can type on top of. And then also trying to get teachers to move to um, electronic worksheets using something like Google Forms or Microsoft Forms, then the student can type the answer in addition we know one of the um, you know one of the accommodations that's probably at the top of the list for most students especially with reading challenges is having the test read to them well if uh-huh. you use something like Google Forms or Microsoft Forms, you can use text-to-speech, and the student can do that independently. They don't need another adult sitting there reading it to them. They don't have to leave the classroom. Um, So there are two benefits. One is they can do it independently. They can listen to the question read as many times as they want using text-to-speech, and then they can respond by clicking a multiple choice or, or typing into a box. With yeah. Whatever. You know, Whatever they need, they could have word prediction available. Um, if if it's appropriate, they can use dictation. So I mean, with those two accommodations, you know, taking scanning the worksheet and having them annotate, or t- hopefully teachers creating forms that are like worksheets, we we can accomplish a, tr- a tremendous. tremendous amount and you know and and not only and again not only the kids who are identified in the IEP's benefit but you have kids who are not identified that would benefit you have kids with ELL in their background that would benefit from those tools Mm -hmm. as well so you can really be helping you know the whole idea of universal design for learning you can really be helping a lot of kids you know in the classroom who may not be identified yet or or maybe maybe English isn't their primary language
0: yeah yeah I think and um certainly again the the obvious thing that shows up is the behavior um and those kids may not have been identified as having Correct. A right. learning disability, or sometimes right. the way schools define those or gee, you aren't two standard deviations below right. the mean for testing, so you aren't disabled, yeah well, you still can't write a paragraph. Well, you can't read it,
1: you know. You, yeah, or you
0: can't you, read it exactly. You know,
1: and in the content areas, I mean, I, you know, it, it's it is kind of. I mean, you know, uh, working with the kids that have you know difficulty with self confidence, the last thing they want to do is have to leave the classroom to take a science or social studies test. You know? Yeah. So just the just the the idea of them be able to stay there, take take the test, same way everyone else is, is, is really a it's a big thing. And I think you know teachers, you know, making those accommodations, having a technology to do it really, I mean, can 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 really change the, tra- the trajectory for that for that child and other kids
0: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. who
1: need accommodation, you know, because then they don't feel like, oh, everyone's doing it with me, you know, we're all in this together, you know, and that makes sense.
0: Right, right, and well, and particularly if, you know, the, the school is oriented, we're going to use the Google Docs and Google kinds right. of things, then right. everybody is using those yep everybody's getting the Google right. Forms and the worksheets. Right. so it's yep. not a oh you're different you get this and because right. and, uh, certainly kids don't like that and, part either.
1: Right and if teachers need to differentiate and they're using something like Google Classroom they can push out three or four different worksheets or three or four different quizzes the students won't know everyone's taking a quiz but they're taking it at their level and then when they submit it, no one knows that they got different, you know, quizzes or different worksheets uh-huh. material. You know, so it really allows teachers to differentiate, um, mm-hmm. you know, in Google Classroom so they don't have to feel compelled that everyone's getting the, the same worksheet or, the, you know, the same task. Even. So you know, it's pretty I mean, I think it's pretty exciting times. I, I think, you know, there still needs, you know, a lot of, you know, as you know, a lot of education, um, because the tools are there. It's really kind of, I, I think I, when I do my consulting, I really kind of help kind of put the, like the, the strategies, you know, the tools are there. I, kind of, I yeah, teachers kind of think through what strategies can we employ now that we have these wonderful tools, like what can we do with, you know, what can we yeah, use I, them? How can we use them? And I think that you need, you need some, you need, you need like a go-to person in a school that, that has. Can, that yeah, deck,
0: figure that. And,
1: Figure that piece that out. out. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think of uh, kind of an analogy of uh, Outlook. Okay, you get an email, you open it up, and you decide, well, I'm going to make some folders and put those in. But I don't think most people figure out how to get it to automatically go in the folder, and something shows up that you've got something new there. And gee, did you know you can drag an email into calendar and make it uh, an appointment? Right, That's right. The kind of thing that most people don't know, right, and so right. teachers can look at kind of what's the documentation about it. But having someone to explain how it how it really works and what you can do with all of it, um, I'm sure it's really important. So, is there a is, is there a good I guess I was going to say print, but online. Just reference of here are the various programs like the ones you talked about and what they can do for you. So it's kind of all in one place and people can see, oh, gee, these are the ones for uh, using the Microsoft platform or using the Google platform.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I know, I mean, Microsoft has tremendous resources in. Um, presentations. I, I think YouTube is a, actually, YouTube is a really <laughs> great place um, to go, but Microsoft, um, y- you know, if you Google like Microsoft and learning tools and immersive reader, you'll get some tremendous resources. Um, if you Google uh, read and write for Google um, Google Chrome, you'll get mm-hmm. some tremendous resources for some of the text help um, apps. Okay. You know and then you have, if you go to donjohnston.com, you'll learn about CoWriter and Snap and Read. And, of course, Apple has some tremendous resources. Yeah. Too. They used to, I, 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 I'd have but, to go back, they used to, they used to be like... Um, uh, a place on the web where it, it had a like a matrix of all these different apps I just don't know if it usually we're, these are, we're there they yeah still is by grants but the, you know once yeah. the once grants go away you start searching and the programs are like you know ten years old so it's kind of hard but closing closing the gap Okay. Puts out every December a directory um, of all, all kinds of applications for everything. That is okay,
0: yeah, that's good to,
1: and to know. if you go to closingthegap.com, I believe if you have a subscription to their, um, uh, their, now it's basically an online um, journal. I think they they give you access to. Mm-hmm. The, Database, um, okay. It comes
0: out in September. Yeah. Well, we're at the point, as usual, where it seems like it's gone too fast, but I uh, need to wrap up. And I wanted to just make some kind of summary uh, comments or pull some of the key things that we talked about. Okay. And I think uh, a most important one is that most of these things are efficiency tools and can help children with uh, problems with uh, writing. They can dictate things, but it doesn't teach them how to write the paragraph. There's some instructional part that uh, that's teacher's job. Um, another thing in, in terms of being able to use these programs is having them written into an IEP, which can and Maybe that's a start for teachers to learn about it and parents to learn how to to use it as well. And certainly, uh, most importantly, uh, being able to start with things that are already available without needing a separate program that's in Google Docs, in Microsoft Word, the text to speech and speech to text and those kinds of resources are uh, very valuable. So thank you, Dr. Friedlander, this has been a very uh, informative session, and we appreciate uh, your expertise.
1: It was a pleasure, and um, you know, just let your. know I am available. I do you know workshops and professional development. If anyone you know needs more information.
0: Okay, and uh, the information will be on the uh, introduction to the uh, podcast. But assistive tech, A-S-S-I-S-T-I-V-E-T-E-K, tech.blogspot.com, is where you can find Dr. Friedlander's ideas and information. So thank you very much. And this is Dr. David Pomeroy signing off for ADHD Focus. And we'll talk to you next time.